You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. This week's artist, Nirvana. Now it's time to get on a plane, dive into some Mexican seafood, and come as you are to visit your hosts, Rob Heitman and Jacob Newkirk. Welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, uh, where we'll rank the <laughs> Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Nirvana songs while discussing the band and pounding out back a few brews over here. Mm. I'm Rob. <clears throat> I'm Jake. And how do you like that opening? <laughs> that was good stuff. <laughs> First time hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things, it's like, I feel really geeky saying it like this, but it's fine. Uh, before we get going, I'd like to take a quick second to send a, a shout out to uh, Alan Campbell. Carissa Rittenberg and Susan Rodwell for being active on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We just finished shooting our video for Liquid Heroin. How do you enjoy your first taste of Liquid Heroin? I think I like that. Yeah, it was, it was uh, good. It's, yeah. it's, it's an alcoholic beverage. We weren't actually shooting lines here. <laughs> yeah, it was tasty. Yeah, it has its Rumpelmans, Jaeger, Rum, and Fireball. So it was really good. It kicks a punch, though. Yeah. So, Jake, tell me how Nirvana impacted the life of Jacob Newkirk. Uh, what can be said that hasn't already um so far nothing's been said so everything can be <laughs> well, said then here i go <laughs> well i know I oh always, my gosh i I'm, always say i'm this, sneaking a beer I'm early blowing off some steam yes yeah. i always say this but um my mom actually had the nevermind tape and uh i stole it from her i remember hearing that on the radio a lot and uh she had that and i took it and just listened to it religiously i cut my teeth on drums trying to mimic a lot of that stuff before i really had a drum set so it's kind of monumental and pivotal in that that time when i was kind of coming of age and that was the music that really um resonated with me yeah for a lot of bands starting out if you're going to really pick an artist to kind of start with nirvana's really a good one to start with you, you may not be able to the the way that they go about actually doing it mm-hmm. and the nuance and the, the sound of Kurt's voice and the way they play together is one thing but in order just to pick up and start playing with friends right picking up some Nirvana is pretty yeah. like two it's, or three chords or four simplistic chords simplistic yeah. in nature but like I said the nuances the things that kind of made them made stand it great as yeah, hard yeah, as yeah. a little you're not going to sound like Nirvana play. but you can go and pick up yeah, and play you with can some at least, your friends yeah, easy, yeah. have fun with it but yeah because yeah I mean they did they mastered what they did that kind of the balance of that heavy and dissonant with the poppy hooks and the melody so they kind of that was uh, the the formula that he he used you know that tension and release that kind of happened yeah they're very good at that like for me mm-hmm. i think we talked about soundgarden because i guess it's all around the same time mm-hmm. this guy dan barbuto made me a mixtape that had bleach and we're already starting into the beer so we should probably talk about it soon but let me keep going i heard bleach in 1990 so it was the 80, it came yeah. out in 89 it's before yeah. nirvana hit but I heard School, and I heard yeah. Floyd the Barber, and I heard all that stuff right then. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. It yeah, was among the sound garden he showed me and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who was my, my dealer for really cool music. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so after listening to like the rock scene in the late 80s, I just can't overestimate the impact that Nirvana had. Because everybody yeah, was singing absolutely. about sex and party and drugs. And then finally, it wasn't happy party rock, it's like I call it. All of a sudden, it was like myself at the time uh, when I was going through this stuff. I was a bit dark, a bit broody. I dropped out of Arizona. I lost my girlfriend over three years. That's her age. I'm going to jail. No, I'm <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I went from going to Arizona to working full-time stock at a uh, department mm. store. Okay. 
and you know, I just it was down. Mm, yeah. And you know what I mean? I began taking some classes at a community college and Nirvana was one of those bands that kinda get helped me get a handle on all of that. Yeah. There's a couple other bands too, but it helped me kind of pick myself back up. So Nirvana cool. was was kind of a big thing, and especially once Nevermind hit, that just blew up. Yeah, I mean that's the soundtrack to uh, the '90s, basically. But it's it's some good times, and you know all the people out there who I, I knew in the '90s and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were all into that stuff, so that's great. Anyway, I'm starting to get melancholy. All right, speaking mm. of melancholy, <laughs> I am holding something called Left Hand Brewing Milk Stout Nitro. Yeah. It's America Stout. I love milk stouts, by the way. That's why you heard the big explosions when we both yeah. open it. This just has those little. Well, it's funny because this is point away from self and others when opening. Yes, and microphones, evidently. Yeah. So you will be able to track when we have a beer, our second beer. We have yeah, two we can't these. hide that. Because you'll hear it's like. <laughs> it's like flushing up throat. But it's uh, it, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. It's nice and it's a rich stout. I can't get a color because I'm drinking it from the can, but it looks stouty. Pour some in your hand. I'll pour some in my hand. <laughs> I will lick some off the table. <laughs> I will put some on the table and slurp it up. Here we go. Yeah, see, it, it looked it looked oh, kind of looked kind of white and white and clear. It was, it, I don't know, or it's the brown of my desk. I don't know. I don't know what yeah, I'm saying exactly. Sample. <laughs> no, but it tastes it tastes good. I'm gonna do another taste. Give me a second. Ready? Let's listen for it. Ready? Yeah, you got that. No, it's good. No, it's, it is. it's creamy tasty. sweetness, but still that kind of bitter uh, roastiness of a stout. Yeah, you definitely feel the roast. You feel it like mm. uh, that's very good. It's sort of like uh, almost like you would with coffee. You know, mm-hmm. I get, kind mm-hmm. of feel a coffee undertone with this. If you want ever try left hand brewing uh, milk stout, if you're into that sort of thing, it's milk stout nitro. It's uh, it's good so far. I need to do this disclaimer before we actually start getting into the Nirvana podcast. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs that we will share in under 15 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight, and then we may do a second clip. We have made Spotify playlists. Just search Dirty Dozen Podcast on Spotify and listen to each of our lists in their entirety on Spotify. We have created our current episode playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. This way you can subscribe once and always be up to date. And it won't be like that ultimate one that we have. We still have the ultimate one there, which has like yeah. every song we've ever done. But it's already at like almost 300 songs. This way, all the money and for playing all these tunes will always head back to Nirvana and the people that own the rights to Nirvana at this point. <laughs> so uh, let's Courtney. just let's jump in and uh, start with the song that just missed the cut for uh, Mr. Newkirk. Okay. Um, I missed the cut. It's off of In Utero. And it's the radio-friendly unit shifter. I know we kind of joked about that song uh, in text this week. I actually liked that one. Only because it's it, the reason it's kind of off to the side, but I still had to mention it. It's um, a little experimental, I think, for them, although they are known to be a little noisy and weird at times. But it stood out to me, especially on that, that album. The vocals didn't always sound like Kurt at times. The drums sound bombastic, I think, because they had like 30 mics on his drum set at, at that place. So. Yeah, a little bit like that. Where they got the yeah. feedback intro, and then the drums mm-hmm. just come in. It's like, bam. Yeah, a great yeah. mix. The whole thing, yeah. you can really just hear the the textures and how he's like pulling up the faders. And Kurt was saying that it, it was sort of just a bunch of poetry lines that he randomly threw together mm. <laughs> that sounded good. And he, he kind of thought of the song as like a spit in the face to all the people looking for another Teen Spirit song. Yeah, you could tell by the title. It's what they had said, like, I don't know if it was on Vanity Fair, one of these places. That's the, the industry saying for something that radio-friendly unit shift is going to, units or sales for albums, right. for things. Yeah. So this, this is going to shift them from a small band to a huge band. Yeah. The radio-friendly unit shifter song is not necessarily one of those. It's the, ex- the but, but it has that sort of, like, punk sort of feel, and I actually liked it, too. We talked yeah. about it. But. Well, it's funny, because it's this album, and 
it was abrasive and less mainstream sounding. So if this one came out before Nevermind, I don't think it would have done as well, obviously. But you could tell they were kind of doing their little anti-Nevermind with this this album. It's darker and everything. Well, why don't we just play? I'll, I'll play a couple seconds from the okay. beginning, okay? And we just probably won't even get into the lyrics because mm-hmm. we're only doing fifteen seconds. But what the heck? But you can hear that feedback that we're kind of talking about. It kind of reminded me of a little of uh, like uh, Jimi Hendrix, Axis Bold as Love, like the first song oh, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Get that sort of just weird sort of vibe. They were really good with all these feedback stuff. Let's play a little more. Let's hear. Yeah, that was it. That was good. Yeah, good tune. Yeah, no, no doubt. We play uh, all the songs through speakers, so we're not playing it directly to you. The only song that we actually played directly to you was me playing uh, t- Spells Like Teen Spirit in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that was this, all Rob there. Yeah, it was all me. Yeah. Uh, but, you got to uh, mention it. Yeah. Oh, you know. Other than that, we play through speakers so that you're not getting the digital quality. and It's all these rules they make us jump through hoops on. But anyway, my honorable mention is uh, The Man Who Sold the World okay. on MTV Unplugged album. Mm-hmm which is a David Bowie cover. Yep. To be truthful, this song probably would have actually made my top 12. I enjoy really? it so much. But the reality of it is it's a cover song, and I have a hard time doing I that. I know. I've Especially always... with a popular cover song as opposed to a, the Meat Puppets. I didn't actually put any of them on there. I thought of them. They were actually quite good on mm-hmm. If yeah. If you listen to the MTV Unplugged, there was a couple There's of Meat Puppets songs. songs yeah. But it was really interesting. Anyway, The Man Who Sold the World, it's truly an amazing version. I love that kind of hook in the beginning. The guitar line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost Indian sort of thing. Let me oh, let me pop it up. Yeah, it's amazing. And we didn't even get to the part that's, oh, no, not me. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Really killer song. Yeah. I, I truly enjoyed that so much. And when I first heard it, I didn't know the David Bowie version. Yeah, me either. Maybe I can actually find it. Hold on. Let's listen to a little of the David Bowie version. That's the David Bowie version. It's kind of interesting. It's far inferior to the Nirvana. Oh, it is. It's funny. Like, if you look it up on Spotify and you, you type in, this is a David Bowie song, right? If you type in The Man Who Sold the World, it will come up with Nirvana on top. And yeah. you have to search deeper. You said to find other the songs. Wow. Boom. And you'll find it in there. So let's get into the dirty stuff, the dirty dozen itself. <laughs> uh, number 12. You go first. Go ahead. <clears throat> All right. Here's another one off In Utero, Penny Royal T. I, I love this song. That raspy voice in the chorus was really like kind of what, what makes this song really, I don't know, it's just gritty. Which and, version do you like better? You. I like the In Utero one. Okay. What's great though is it, the song feels like it's about to fall apart at any second. I think that's where it's like that that close, like on the edge kind of feeling. And then how it winds down at the end, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's a herbal tea, but it's supposed to bring, it let you have an abortion. Abortion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's but he, I don't, I don't know if, that's even, if it even works though that's what I've heard it's kind of a <laughs> I don't know I've never tried it I've never had to have one um, but yeah no uh, so let's give a little taste of Penny Royal Tea Penny 
very good. good. It's, it's a good tune. Mm-hmm. Let's start with my 12, I guess. Yeah. My 12 is off of In Utero, and it was also on MTV Unplugged as well. All apologies. Hmm. If you listen to In Utero, it's just such a stunning break from the previous two songs as In Utero ends. It's clean guitar, kind of lick-driven intro, which is kind of fun. Vocals are soft and amazing and captivating right from the start. It picks up, and then Mary just kind of absorbs this big rush of sound as it starts picking up into the next verse. You know what I mean? With this, Mary! And yeah. really doing it. The chorus push is amazing. Yeah. The MTV version, I think, misses a little of that drastic r- ramping of that chorus. Yeah, it's it's different. It's almost a, a different song on there. Like I said, a good, great guitar line in that. There's just a great sense of melody, even with his throaty voice in there, which is what he always was good at. Let me uh, fire up all apologies. Give me a second. Anyway, that's my number 12. All apologies. Such good drums. And my number 11 is Come As You Are off of Nevermind. It's kind of like a soft intro mm. with like heavily affected guitar, and the lyrics are soft and understandable for Kurt, which is always kind of a thing. <laughs> and you always sort of expect that big chorus to come, but it really never does. You know, you're expecting that big, like, boom, where's it coming? And oh, it, yeah. yeah. And it's just, point. it's a good tune. What, what's your thought? This one, I don't want to say too much. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll save it's it. Th- we'll yeah. save it in case we hear it. I will say that it's, um, you know, the all the... Uh, conversation about it being a killing joke uh rip-off song of that song 80s <clears throat> that same riff and if you go listen to it it does sound very similar but that's the only uh commentary i'll add right now for it <laughs> once again easy to play uh i remember playing this we had like a guitar class in uh in school you ever have a guitar class in school where they give you these cheesy guitars and you'd sit around and i was we had like music class Did you have that i had music class yeah i didn't play guitar oh yeah yeah they had like these we had some instruments in our guitar class yeah in our in our music class and we sit down and like with the class and we just start playing some guitars during it i was like oh it's kind of fun Mm -hmm. and that was like one of the easy songs to kind of learn yeah you always go to those easy ones because it's like a single yeah Yeah. like i'm playing guitar yeah look at that (laughs) i I used to love that stuff because they always had like music trivia and i'd always be like all over it so anyway people like looking over me for answers on tests Anyway, <laughs> I was a music geek. I still am, I guess. Hold on. Yeah, look at this now. Yeah, <laughs> look at me now. <laughs> Mom, look at me now. That's come as you are, my number 11. Uh, Jake, you're up for 11 and 10. What do we got? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, another in utero tune. In utero? This one is Dumb. Dumb? Oh, I like that song. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, it's sad and somber, but kind of happy a little bit. Uh, or, just, or do you think you're just happy? Right, that's the thing. It's like he's talking <laughs> about, yeah, and then, yeah, the whole lyrical content too questions that. But um, yeah, just a well-composed song. The cello makes the song really good uh, touch there. The unplugged version rivals this, but um, yeah, but this one is really... It, on that list. In Rolling Stone, um, Kurt Cobain had this quote, I've met a lot of dumb people. They have a crappy, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> job. Uh, that They may be totally lonely. They don't have a girlfriend. They don't have much of a social life. And yet, for some reason, they're happy. And it's kind of interesting from a guy who was yeah. never really happy himself that you can kind of understand his fascination yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. I never really thought of it that way. It was interesting. Yeah. 
for yeah. 11 for Jake. Uh, cello. Cello is so good. Yeah. Cello. <laughs> cello. So my, te- my 10 right now? Yes. Okay. Well, this is one we actually just recently heard off your list. Oh, good. Uh, all Apologies. Oh, good. Great guitar line. Great sense of melody. But um, it's really such an aching tune. There's something really like, yeah, just emotional about it. And then the song, I love the ending out perfectly, winds down with Kurt and Grohl harmonizing at the end. It's just that the perfect kind of closure to it. Uh, yeah, Dave Grohl, generally, though, you don't realize the so type of vocals. harmonies they had. Yeah. And and he was really, he's, as you can tell, he's leading a band Yeah, now. he proved it later, but, yeah, but at the but time, he was singing no harmonies, really and, yeah. and it was, it's quite amazing. I yeah, watched they, some of these. Uh, their voices together were so great. I watch like behind the scenes for like in utero or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they isolate the tracks, and you can kind of see it. It's, there's a bunch of really cool stuff on YouTube, if you really dig this sort of thing. Yeah, there was one for Nevermind that I watched on VH1 a long time ago where they yeah they brought in. I think that's actually on Prime now, but yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's worth watching a million times because it's just really cool. Like Butch Butch Vig is there, and he's like pulling down the the faders to show you like different things going on in the mix, and especially their vocals. And I really dig those sort of things when they. Dig deep yeah. in the album, not just as a critique or something, mm-hmm. but it's more as a, I want to hear those isolated tracks and you see what actually makes that song. Yeah. These little things that are nuances that are going on that you might not pick up on, but when you hear it, like you're like, wow, that's that's just such little candy onto the track that I didn't even notice. A little of all apologies. falls apart at the end so good yeah you can hear dave Grohl, and you can hear kurt and mm. it's all good i'm making sure it's still running okay i always have this fear that we're not recording <laughs> all right so that was your number 10 so i'm gonna go with my number 10 <laughs> oh we're on number two already he's flying right along here i am still i'm actually almost done with one so we're pretty much on par all right i'm gonna go with my number uh my number 10 it's off of Bleach, and it's actually the first single they ever had, and it's actually a, a cover of a band called Shocking Blue from 1969. Uh, it's called Love Buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, the intro riff is amazing. Uh, first time I heard, it, I never, I've never, until I'm really doing the research for this, I had no idea it was ever a cover. Yeah, and I've, I've never heard of Shocking Blue before. Yeah. Love the descent on the guitar after the chorus. Love the soft and hard, of course. The bass and the drums are after the solo, or just when they, they go only those two. It's just psh. that bass riff in the song is always yeah. Stand up. It kind of reminded me of a Soundgarden song for some reason. Yeah. But again, it was that kind of that that time when the that was happening. They're all well. They're insane. both sub hop, and they're both yeah. Doing and Melvin's song. influenced at the time too. So. He's a huge Melvin's head. I mean, he, that was where yeah, the Bleach, Bleach sounds like Melvin's worship album, basically. Well, that's what he was, really. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you really come back and think of all of that stuff, I'm, I just read uh, Heavier Than Heaven, which mm-hmm. is the, the book on uh, Kurt Cobain, and it's uh, really fascinating, and it talks about all his, his fascination with the Melvins and how, he, how they were the really reason that he became a musician in the first place. He saw them in the parking lot yeah. back where he was in Washington, and... Uh, so many bands cite the Melvins, but the Melvins have, they're like, you know, they're not big, big, but they're still like doing it and they have a following, but they just never broke like any of these other bands. But. Yeah. It's like all these bands are influenced by them, but, yeah. but Melvins are still playing parking lots. They serve you know? such a, a big <laughs> role, but they're, uh, yeah, playing parking lots. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's funny too. Like, yeah, mentioning that Kurt with Nirvana, it just sounded like if you took Melvin's and like REM and the Pixies and just put it in a blender, because it's like these are probably the primary maybe influences that he had to kind of just that's what comes out. Yeah, I'll, I'll start from the beginning a little bit. Love bugs. What's my number 10? And, and the bass work is just fantastic. Yeah, the bass riff. And I shines. wish everybody could hear what we just heard because we heard like a big portion of the song and we're going to take a 15 second snippet yeah, of that. Unfortunately. Share it with you guys. I'm glad you picked this tune though. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> like, as I said, when I came to yeah, Nirvana, Bleach it was, was Bleach. Your, yeah. So uh, you're going to find that I have quite an uh, affection for Bleach. Yeah. I had to go back to Bleach. No, I'm with you. But yeah, it still is. Your right, mom didn't right have bleach. So yeah, my mom didn't have the bleach. Yeah, what, what's a boy to do? <laughs> okay, my number nine is also on bleach, and it's also on MTV Unplugged. It was about Tracy Miranda, uh, who was his then girlfriend, uh, Kurt Kurtz. It's called About a Girl. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when they started talking about it. They didn't really have names for things; they just started playing it. And it was about Tracy, but he didn't have a name for it. And so, so they asked him, said, well, what's it about? And he goes, well, it's about a girl. Oh, yeah. And he goes, well, that's it. We got it. That's the name <laughs> of it. Tracy kind of supported Kurt for two years and allowed him to be a musician and write and pretty much paid for everything. Anyway, it's a lighter feel, clean, open, chorusy guitar with harmonies. The song is very influenced by uh, the Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And maybe even the song Girl, right? Uh, but it was, he was on this Beatles kick. He's like, meet the Beatles. He was listening to all day. Yeah. When he actually wrote this, that's what I was gonna say. With this, this track is like it sticks out from the album. It's it's different, and you can tell it's his Beatles influences shining through there. And actually, if you ask Kurt about it, which he'd say, but if you ask Kurt about it before when he was alive, <laughs> he'd say that it sounded <laughs> he sound like it. You know, it sounded like REM. He said it sounds a, a little bit like REM. Oh really? Yeah, that's what he's that's mm. that's what he's always said about this. So uh, uh, about a girl. Uh, good tune mm-hmm. off of Bleach. So, about a girl's my number nine. Whenever I hear these more poppy songs of theirs, I always picture Chris Novich. What's his name? Novich. No, yeah, no, Novich. Like doing his on stage kind of like bounce like i don't know he just had that pogo it's kind of interesting if you think chris or chris they always called him chris and he went back to his name and all that stuff fine i got it (laughs) uh but it it was like kurt used to when he first came out it was kurt Kurt k-u-r-d-t yeah so but anyway name changes aside to see those two next to each other on stage it's like it made kurt look like this little boy Uh, yeah Chris because big dude. He's, like, like, he's like 6'10". I mean, he's like he's oh, tall. Oh, he's that tall? Oh. He's super tall. 6'8", 6'10". He's like freaking massive. Yeah. Maybe it's not that tall, but he's he's like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's, he's tall. He's taller than I am, and I'm 6'5". So. That's what I am. Yeah, so we're the same size. Mm-hmm. We'd be looking up to, to him. Yeah. He's actually quite good. The best thing was the MTV. Did you see that when he was on? Uh, uh, there's a video out on YouTube 
of Nirvana playing uh, the MTV Music Awards, I think it is. And what happens at the end of it, Chris throws his bass up in the air. And lands on his head. And it lands in his nose and it yeah. knocks him down, yeah. And people just thought it was he was like just playing, uh, like laying down, yeah. being like whatever. But he really knocked himself out. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But he was fine afterwards, so... Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't catch his base like he thought he was going to. Yes. He well, he did catch air. his base. Yeah, it was cut. It's not with his hands. <laughs> All right, Jake, what do you have for number nine? My number nine is again on in utero, and it's uh, Heart Shaped Box. Oh, good too. Yeah, this one, um, like the album, I feel like it's it's really dark feel again that classic Nirvana formula with those the dynamic contrast between the quiet verse and the loud heavy courses but um there's like nuggets of really interesting lyrics in the song i always thought were really stand out and bizarre probably something that only someone under the influence could come up with but um the video itself too pretty bizarre i don't know if you remember that one but yeah, with the old man and the, there's and all the kinds of weird imagery and, yeah. going on and yeah yeah again it's just a dark song but really really good one yeah i'm gonna hold back a little bit on my taste okay. this, but it has that soft eerie sound to the mm. song I, I always kind of liked it so uh, let's hear Heart Shaped Box. So that's Heart Shaped Box. Dave Grohl knew how to use those uh, side stick rim shots. Yeah, it sounds like that a lot. Boom. <laughs> It's a fantastic song. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go into a lot on that maybe in a couple of minutes. Mm. So anyway, that's your number nine. Number nine, yeah. Great team. Uh, my number eight is off of Bleach. Okay, like good. I said, another great special album. Should we match? Uh, I'm sure this is on your list somewhere, but it's uh, Negative Creep. <laughs> my number eight as well. Just oh, a, perfect. Just a side by the sidebar. Is my wow, we lined up we, already. We nailed it. I was like, I have could a feeling. I wonder if we're gonna line up. We'll see how this one goes, but. Yeah. Um, such a metal riff like on the whole album it's pretty heavy but this one i was just like man this is one heavy heavy riff and the the melvin's worship is so strong here he shreds his throat in that second verse and that chorus is just like it it brings it it was like for me it was like straight ahead aggression the song it's like oh yeah uh, yeah and, and the pullbacks in the verse yeah, the yeah and when yeah. it pulls back the and, bends and yeah oh yeah yeah you know, I'm negative creep and I'm stoned, you know, and all that stuff. And like, the energy was crazy. And, and Kurt kind of always said that he felt that, like he was the negative creep in this whole thing. Oh. It's kind of interesting. But uh, unfortunately, we kind of did it this way. So we're only going to have to play one. Oh, no. Can I'm you play to... 30 seconds of it then? Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, well let's take a, a bit of the verse. negative creep that's my number eight and jake's number eight all right uh so so i'm up with my seven and mm -hmm. then we're gonna go to your seven and six so you okay you kind of work because i jumped on your uh thing. this one yep, is actually nice and i bet you don't have this one on yours but you could this is off of incesticide no i don't yeah my number seven <laughs> it's uh dive i bought this album when it first came out and it was this mm phenomenal thing that came out right after Nevermind came out and we were just jonesing for some new Nirvana music right and although it was all b-sides and everything at the time it's like oh my yeah, gosh it it's a whole new album and I ate it up because I don't know these songs I don't know who they're referring to mm -hmm. I don't know the Vaseline's I don't know all these things that they're doing some covers on like Molly's Lips or something like that the first dive just like killed me and 
uh, it was actually a B side, I think, for one of the one of the releases. But um, Courtney Love says it's a, her one of her favorite songs by uh, Nirvana. Well, there you go. Not that that's how I judge <laughs> anything, uh, but it's so good. The bass and then the drums. It let off incesticide. Hey, dive in me. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the riff is crazy good. Well, let me give you a little taste of dive. And actually, if you're looking for this on Spotify, for some reason they don't have this song available yeah. in incesticide. I don't know why. It's I have the actual CD and it's on it. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. Uh, there may be some mm. thing, but it's I'm sure on it's a, Courtney Holt's fault. Could be, uh, but it's on. There's a special version of Nevermind that they have, and they have a Smart Sessions. It's called, and it says Dive Smart Sessions. It's pretty much the identical track to uh, you know to Dive on Assisticide. So you can hear it there. So you can still hear it. Anyway, that's my number seven, Dive. It's a good one. That's so good. And then, that Incesticide generally, uh, if it wasn't loaded with covers, I think I'd probably have mm. more of it on my on my 12. Mm. It's well, it just it's solid. Like, if you guys haven't heard it, just go and listen to it or find it, like, in a UCD, because for some reason, it's not streaming. <sighs> uh, Apple, Apple Music has the same issues with those songs. So, I happen to have the CD. So, Apple Music, it automatically saves my song, so I can kind of always listen to it on there but anyway digress uh seven and six for jake what do we got uh my number seven <clears throat> was written in 93 but not released until like zero oh uh, two off of the nirvana album i think it was that greatest hits one and i'm sure i think it was because of the legal issues with uh courtney over releasing this one courtney has you courtney has legal issues know, yeah i completely don't understand um it such a really good tune though um that stands out and it's you know you're right uh it's the last song they recorded together really um spooky kind of cool intro uh kurt snarls on this one really good the simple chorus of just haze he's just saying hey but it's really catchy Mm -hmm. um and i think there's courtney actually covered this song a long time ago too but um but definitely Nirvana's version is best. And the reason why I'm not wholly shocked is because this is the most hipster song that you can possibly <laughs> pick from why Nirvana. Is that? Why is that? Because it's the most obscure song that's really good. You know what I mean? It's not like it's set aside. Oh, it's not like intentional. Obscure, but it's like, oh, this came out years later. And if you bought the box set, you can see it. It's track 84. Right. And it's awesome. And Well, they talked about it in a couple of the uh, documentaries, actually. Mm. But well, Yeah, I remember when this song came out. And like, oh, this is really cool. And it sounds like something you thought you had heard but you didn't i don't know it just it just it was familiar but also new but yeah good tune let's hear a little bit of you know you're right for all you hipsters out there <laughs> Anyway, that's you know you're right, uh, which is a good tune. Good tune. There we go. That was uh, uh, Jake's number seven. And uh, yeah, the, the thing that I didn't put this on there, it was more of a, uh, I couldn't, I liked the song. It was good. But I was like, I can't put a song that they never actually went out there and played and did anything with as they're the best 12 songs ever. It works good in you know your coffee shop. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but it's I, I get I get you. It's still it's it, the song was awesome though. I mean, well, they wrote it in '93, so it's like it, it was still from that era. Yeah, I guess they, they played it a couple times live. It's just it, it's just that sort of thing. Like nobody mm-hmm. knew that song mm-hmm. up until you know way after. Yeah, the, but like uh, I said, there's something about it when you hear it. It's familiar. It's almost like the first time you hear it, you're like. I think I know the song, but you don't. But it, just because it sounds just like them. It sounds like Nirvana because yeah. it was them. And just so good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was when they were in their, their glory at that point. Yeah. All right, uh, so <clears throat> you're up to number six. Uh, my number six is a repeat. You already mentioned it about a girl. Okay. It's bleach rules. Yeah, uh, yeah. It does. Like we said, early example of this kind of uh, melody writing ability, I think this tune stood out and kind of showed that what was uh, coming to be of hurts melody writing do you mind if i throw a little of the mtv version maybe yeah go for it so maybe we'll try that anyway that's number six and when i listen to that and i listen to all an mtv unplugged I think that may have been the best unplugged ever, because it wasn't. Uh, the, I mean, Alice in Chains was very good. Yeah, There's a couple other ones that were really good, but the thing that I loved about the Nirvana one is it's like a whole new album. I mean, they they, they did do covers, and there's like six songs that are covers. But usually, yeah. when you're on unplugged, all the other bands they do only their They're songs, same songs, just and it's just oh, it's acoustic version. versions yeah. of their songs. But they added like six or seven or eight songs. Me yeah. puppets, I'm not really. I appreciate his approach. Yeah. Those versions, like and bringing out the meat puppets to do like, some songs, yeah, for Lake of Fire and doing mm-hmm. a couple of their their hits. But yeah. they threw a curveball definitely with with getting up there and doing this material, as opposed because yeah, not all, not all their stuff transfers well to acoustic anyway. So that was, I think, a challenge to kind of pick the songs that would. And, and Nirvana was big sh- on doing all of those uh, covers, even when they went out yeah, and but, played later. Yep. Like they used to hate uh, Teen Spirit at the mm-hmm, end, you know, yeah. in utero years. And they went out and they, I remember this one show in Paris, they supposedly did a, they put like two songs, cover songs from the cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just, here she comes again and really? something else. Yeah, it was just, just, just to kind That's of, funny. just to do it, right? But uh, mm. yeah, that, that MTV album is. That is a standout album. That's what you say, like when you, <clears throat> you think of their catalog, that one is definitely up there and included in it. Even if it's some, you know, songs of theirs, it's just redone, but. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different approach and makes reinvents the song to be its own new thing. And from a video point of view, the way they went about that sort of MTV unplugged thing is they had it look like a he wanted it to look like a funeral home. Yeah, with all the lilies, right? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, lilies. Yeah. Said, it's it's going to look like a funeral and home. Said, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of sad because that's his last real recording, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, same with uh, Lane. I mean, not to kind of bring the Alice in Chains thing back in, though, yeah. but yeah, that was really the last kind of real documented performance in that sense of, of them all together so yeah that's, that's true that's i mean that's foreboding uh so foreshadowing be careful if you're ever asked to go on a yeah don't do it don't do it run away yeah it's such so, so sad I, the whole uh kurt committing suicide and i mean there's even people who think that he was murdered and it's all this weird stuff mm-hmm. but the fact that you lose somebody like that uh regardless of what happened yeah. um is uh is yeah, so sucks. sad well, he had that stomach pain that he was dealing with most of his life, mm-hmm. and he actually tried to convince himself that you know opioids were the the cure for that, and he kind of cleaned himself out by it. And, and then yeah. he brings the kid into the the world, and a couple of years later, and he was talking about divorcing. Right before he killed himself, he was talking about divorcing 
and he was talking about leaving Nirvana and doing solo work. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so it was like a little bit of everything was coming down on him at that point before he uh, he supposedly committed suicide. Oh, there you go. Back to uh, other happy topics, <laughs> which is not really a happy topic. It's a song that I heard, and I never understood the background of it. And it's off of Nevermind. It's my number six. Mm-hmm. It's an acoustic tune. It's called Polly. It's also on the MTV <laughs> Unplugged, right? But it was written about the kidnapping and raping of a teen in Washington who eventually escaped. But he decided to write the song from the rapist's point of view. But the song's so melodic and light that people hum it. They yeah, have no, have idea no idea what they're humming about. Right. Polly want a cracker? Yeah, I know. That's you know, that's kind of. I got I'm it. glad you picked this one. Yeah, it's... and it's and it's hypnotic <laughs> melody and vocals. It's 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 really just a killer tune. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me pop up some Polly here. the the best lines in that is it amazes me the will of instinct because he's talking about the her escaping you know or whatever mm. you know what i mean <laughs> amazes me the will of will instinct of inst- yeah. Yeah, yeah and all that stuff it's like oh, it's, it's a good. weird line to sing to yeah. yeah oh my gosh I, I again this is another good one that shows showcases the the harmonizing too the vocals that that's going on and i love that the only percussion is, is like a single cymbal crash every once in a while <laughs> In fact, that's what I love about it. Yeah. No drums? <laughs> no, no, no. I love uh, drums. I you know that. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go five. And that's off from Nevermind as well. Let's just stick to Nevermind. And this is another softer guitar song, but it kind of kicks you in the button during the chorus. It's called Lithium. That's my number five. Oh, it's your number five. There we go. <laughs> ding, we ding, hit ding, 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 ding. But Lithium's low verse is melodic. Yeah, yeah. It's just so hooky. The bridge is killer. You know, I like it. I'm not gonna cry. Oh, yeah, it's it's got that pop swing to it again. That everything inside me doesn't like that usually in music, but there's something about um, the way they did it. Always was just like I love the cool down sections with the bass only, and that again, Dave Grohl doing the side stick, the simple drums approach, and uh, just well, singing "Yeah" forever for the chorus. It, this song shouldn't be so good, but it is. Yeah, no, no doubt. For me, it was always one of those songs that I can play in guitar pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And I think we played it out. I think we played the song out. And But anyway, it's just so simple to, to kind of go with, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of the arpeggiation of all these chords and yeah. running through it. And it sounds so awesome. Number five. Like, this is, this is one of those times where I think we should just do this once and just take a whole band and just figure out a way to get your drums in here. And you play, I don't know. I'd be all about it. Yeah, we need somebody <laughs> to sing, though. That's the problem. Anyway. if you need a pre-chorus just say yeah yeah over and over (laughs) just sing yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. she loves you yeah 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 yep he's taking (laughs) cues all right, uh, so we know what your number five is, wow, so what's your number up, four? We lined up twice there already. Huh? I know. Uh, my number four, this song was really special. Um, it rivaled a lot of other ones to being higher in the chart, but it actually just settled right here at number four. Um, it's something in the way. Okay. So uh, moody and unstable really kind of pulls you in. Um, and the story is like, you know, that he was lying on his back by the time they finally recorded it, where he's just, 
um, they have like all the the whole studio super quiet. He's laying there, and they have the mics on him, and he's just like real breathy, kind of singing it alone without instruments, which were added later to the track. And um, he's playing, I think, a five string guitar. Also, it's just this beat up rusty guitar, and uh, it's the, the cello that's added is a tasty touch too. So it's just so again, it's just moody, so good. Yeah, it's, it's it's like that soft droning guitar intro and the eerie vocals. I, it's very yeah. eerie, this, this song. Yeah, it is. And, uh, but beautiful. There's something like really just, I don't know. And Kurt actually collected like animals. This is like when he was living in with Tracy. He, he had like, they always used to call it like the zoo uh-huh. because he used to have rats and he'd have pigeons and he'd have like all these weird stuff in his in his place. And, you know, it's, it, it kind of mentioned that a little in. Uh, and something in the way, but anyway, uh, it's soft throughout, which is like well, this is yeah. one of those songs that I always wanted. That I kind of felt like they were holding back for me a little bit. That kind of like I wanted that push, but I mean, it's still a really good song without it, and it's got that sort yeah, of you I know, feel like it needs it. I feel like it's just dun, 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 dun. yeah, it's it's he's got that really kind of drone going on. It's just fantastic. and that cello, always the cello, just really is that little candy on top. Just need a little more cowbell. <laughs> this is one of those lie songs that that Kurt would talk about in interviews. They talk about, oh, this is back where I used to live under this bridge, where I used to grow up when they kicked me out. And he never lived. No, he never lived there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he would hang out there, but he didn't live. He would hang out there, but yeah, yeah. there, there's. He was homeless though for a while, so there's some truth to some of that. Mm -hmm. But the whole fact that he kind of made it part of his lore. Yeah, storytelling. Storytelling. Mm -hmm. And he's a good storyteller. All right, so that's your number four. Number four. My number four. Come on, since we did five and four, is uh, off of Bleach, and. Mm -hmm. This song for me was the song that I remember. Uh, it was part of my life when I left Arizona, and I thrust back into working, you know, and doing all that stuff. And I kept running into people. I started going to community college. I was back in the same town I grew up in. Started seeing people I went to high school with. I love you guys, by the way. But uh, when I went there, it was like it was just back into this world. And uh, the name of the song was School. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it was just heavy riff. I love the tune. Uh, it was my favorite song for a long time, yeah. and uh, the lyrics are easy to remember because there's not a lot of them. Power Rock, uh, he was talking about when he was beat up and bullied in high school. He would talk later, and he couldn't. Have, this couldn't happen. This couldn't actually be a truth. This is another Kurtism, which I'm going to call. It. <laughs> and, you know, when he interviewed about it, he said, oh, you know, seeing all these bullies and joke jerks that I went to high school with and I'm like, mm. but you wrote the song already how could that possibly be yeah right but anyway when he plays it he has that that affinity that he's like he's sure. seen those jocks and seen those people who he hated and hated him during high school yeah and all of a sudden he's there and it's like all of a sudden I'm in high school again and being back in that whole thing so uh for me it was such a powerful song yeah i love this song it, it didn't make my list but um I, that slinky bendy riff i've always really loved yeah it's fantastic the whole the whole song is just like this is like this one is sort of, you can see, you can kind of feel a little Soundgarden influence in here, too, as well. You know, it's not just a strict Nirvana tune. It's yeah. kind of, you know, with the heavy guitar, I kind of feel like, I, I feel Kim playing it more than Kurt sometimes. But anyway. Here just my life. Boy, here just 
recess. No recess. It's the worst thing in school. Oh, the worst thing in school is recess? No recess. Oh, no recess would be bad. Yeah, yeah. Waiting I, for I thought you were saying recess. It's the worst thing in school. Yeah, give me more math. Give me... I just want to sit there and, <laughs> and use my calculator. And, uh, <coughs> did you do four yet? Yeah, I did. You did four. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm on three. And three is the most popular song of Nirvana of all time. <laughs> but I couldn't put it as number one because I'm <laughs> sick of hearing it. <laughs> so, uh, But when, when the song came on, it, it, it this is all from uh, Kathleen Hanna, who was a riot girl, you know, uh, he, oh yeah, he, because he was he was involved with Toby Vale for a little bit, who was in there, and uh, one of the bandmates who was actually seeing Kurt, a uh, Chris, I think, at the time. Anyway, whole backstory, but she spray painted because Kurt was all over Toby. Uh, he goes, she sprayed it. Kurt smells like Teen Spirit <laughs> on the wall and uh, on the bedroom wall, so that's where it came from. And she's overboard and. Self-assured is all about Toby, who was somebody who he loved, but didn't love him back. And it was more of a a casual relationship Mm -hmm. in their life. And for me, Smells Like Teen Spirit was awesome. And heck, even when Weird Al Yankovic did his version (laughs) of this, it was good too. So it's it's one of those like iconic music videos that kind of blew. When that music video hit, when Smells Like Teen Spirit hit. Yeah. It was on all the time. Everything changed. But they didn't want to put it on initially. They were like, this is mm-hmm. too heavy. We can't put it on. So they put it on 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. And kind of kind of get that sort of feet. And then all of a sudden, the, they started getting requests and requests. And the next thing you know, it was on main. Yeah. And then it's like twice an hour, every hour. And it just became the mainstay of MPB. Yeah. So it smells like Pean Spirit. Uh, I know you've probably heard before, but let's just give a little taste <laughs> of that. That's my number three. Smells like Teen Spirit off or Nevermind. An album released in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows the song. And as I said, it's it's the most iconic song by Totally. Uh, yeah. By Nirvana, period. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's the number three best song of all time. <laughs> so there we are. So you're up. What do you got? Uh my number three is off the same album, but not the same song. Okay. This is Come As You Are. Uh, I really like that watery chorus effect. No, this should be number 11. (laughs) Oh, my mistake. (laughs) No, no, I got you. Go ahead. Um, But it kind of, uh, it goes along with like the the album cover theme, you know, the baby in the water, I feel like. But um, yeah, again, like I said, it's that same riff. If you know Killing Joke, that song 80s, it's that same riff there. But uh, it's just, like I said, this album was my introduction to nirvana so i just religiously played this album and these are all going to be like those kind of endearing special tunes that i just it, it kind of brings you back you know to that that point in time in life when you were hearing all this stuff and it was it was good so number three That's number three. 
We have that. It's number three on Jake's number three. We'll find out where it is overall later because <laughs> uh, we're going to have the computer uh, push all this stuff together and give you our actual ones. Um, but uh, that's Jake's number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, might as well go number two. What do you got? I wonder if we match. We, I haven't heard two songs yet. Yeah, I wonder. Well, I haven't heard one song yet. Actually, you know what? Well, unless this is your number one, but I'm sure it's on your list, is In Bloom. That's my number two as well. Oh, man. Look, there we, we got go. three lined up. There we go. Uh, the drums rule on this album. The first drums of are all, killer. On this this tune. Loud contrast to the quiet sections, like we always talk about, they do. The guitar drops and the bass kind of carries it. But the harmony and vocal layers with Dave Grohl on that second half of the chorus yeah, really but- sweetens it up. And, um, you know, there's the talk about how Butch Vig would tell him, he's like, well, John Lennon did it, so he would go along because he was kind of anti-doing any of these uh, these harmonies or the double track vocals and stuff. But, but yeah, it's just, um, man, yeah, that, it, it, it's close to my number one. This one was, like, right up there. It's a really, really good tune. Yeah, the chorus is amazing and hooky. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's got, and the groove is perfect on the song. And they got that hard, soft thing going on, which they're always great at, at the verse, bass. It's just fantastic. Yeah, Zach is carrying it. Let's hear a little chorus here, because we're going to have to double up on this one again. Because <laughs> we're, we're too in sync on this one. That's our next band. I'm kidding. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many in sync songs I know? None. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know none. I didn't know well, the Maybe if the you band. played one, I'd be like, oh, that's in sync? Yeah. I know the song, but I couldn't tell you who did it. Oh, I did it that way, right? I think that's it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Might be there. I don't know. It's all my bad. Such a perfect chorus. You know, it's the type of song when you're a guitar player, when you feel yourself playing the drums, air drums. Right. In that song, just because Dave Grohl so, will do that to you, yeah, because there's so much of that, and it's so funny that you don't like Dave Grohl outside of Nirvana. I but, do, uh, but you were you were like anti Foo Fighters for a while. Well, it's, I mean, maybe I, we'll do them in a little while because I kind of like some of their stuff. But yeah, I, know I could not. pick some twelve Foo Fighters songs okay. easy. Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. Eighty percent of it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh yeah, this is my. I, I can bring out my my celebrity sighting. I went. I was on a plane with Dave Grohl. No way. Yeah, yeah. I was. I got. Uh, my wife used to travel quite a bit, so she'd get all these like bonus upgrade points. And I'm a bigger guy, uh, <laughs> as you've seen in any video that you've ever seen of, seen of us. And so whenever we travel, and she'd have these bonus upgrades, she'd put in for an upgrade, and if she got the upgrade, she'd give it to me. So I would be sitting in first class. So I'm sitting in first class, and all of a sudden, Dave Grohl is sitting directly in front of him, I think, with his wife. Wow. And he's there on iTunes and doing all a bunch of them like, looking over his shoulder. And I'm like, oh, I my God. I the same thing. And, but, but then I'm like, wait, is this – is there other Foo Fighters in this? Right, you would this think thing? Uh, And I'm like, wait, that guy looks like – you know, and I'm, like, I'm going through. And I'm like, is he – no, he can't – you know, and I'm like, I got I to gotta be cool. I got to be cool. You got to reenact know? that uh, – what's the, the, the Fly song, the video that – that they have where they're on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, I was good, and I was just kind of looking over every so long. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, is this guy next to me? This guy or is this guy? You know, whatever. And I'm like, oh no, and you know, is he's the manager? Is it? So I'm gonna be really cool. I don't want to be like getting in his face or bothering him. But at the end of the flight, I said, "Hey, Dave, 
Just want to know no that way. what you did in Nirvana and what you're doing with Foos has meant a lot to me over the time. Oh, that's cool. And it's helped me be a musician that I am today, or even though you could probably never, ever hear of me. Yeah. But it's just more of a thank you for just doing all the wonderful things you do. It's made such an impact on my oh, life. Yeah. But he had, it was really gracious and really nice. Yeah. I should have had a selfie with that's him. That's what I've heard. He's always very uh, uh, like, hey, kind man, and you know, dude. Yeah, and I even can't even play guitar. And he's just like, you know, being all like self, yeah. self-effacing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but it was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't you know, know that. That's cool. Yeah, so that was, that was my one meeting. I, I didn't have a cool picture like somebody had. But at least like, you said something good, like substantial to him. Whenever I, yeah. a lot of times, like, well, I'll meet somebody well, and I, I say I had a good. whole flight to think yeah, about yeah, what to, I was going to say. script it out. <laughs> I think if you were sitting alone and just hanging out and being boisterous and talking to people, I would have been like, talking to him like the whole flight yeah uh, but at this point i was kind of like you know he's here with his family yeah you don't want to be that a flight. Guy. i think he was going to like one of the uh grammy awards or something oh, yeah. that's why he's flying to la and i was just sitting there i was like you know what let me just i have to say something to him but i'm gonna wait till we landed so i don't have to because i imagine that would suck imagine being like stuck on a yeah, flight with somebody for like four hours super fan yeah and I'm like hey man yeah. how are you hey dave what's going yeah. on dave like, what do you listen to like, dave remember what's that going album on? remember this <laughs> album yeah was that chris farley thing yeah remember that time when you uh <laughs> yeah that, that, that was cool <laughs> no i didn't want to do that i did want to do that actually but i didn't uh i was trying to get so wow. uh that's so, a cool story. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, my brush with Nirvana, I guess. My number one song, which is something you've already said, mm. and you had way too high up. I think it's the perfect song. Heart Shaped Box. Ah. The full volume chorus is so good, then soft for the verse, then back, then forth. And the whole story about the song where Courtney Love, when she was kind of trying to get to Kurt, she sent him a heart-shaped box, and it had a bunch of stuff in it. And obviously, there's double entendres, and there's heart-shaped box, and you know, a female genitalia or whatever. But, <laughs> but I think it's really legitimately from what she sent to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, although the umbilical noose line, the climb right back, like, is brilliant. It's <clears throat> dark as all get out. Like I said, there's this that song has so much weird imagery and lyrics. I'm just like, this is just so out there, but so really cool. As I said, it's my number one Nirvana song of all time, just because I thought it's just, it's the perfect microcosm of what's good about Nirvana. It kind of brings it all together in a song. The depth of his writing, what he did with Heart Shaped Box, what he did, the video aside, video was bizarre, to your point. Really a masterful writing job and just a masterful song. So let's hear a little bit of Heart Shaped Box. That's the number one song. We don't wow. even need to hear what Jake had number one. <laughs> you know, Cause, it's, cause it's we funny, know what it is. No, you surprised me though because usually you you pick the song that like makes the most sense for number one. Where it's always like that kind of like yeah, how can you not pick this as number one? But this time you went with the cool choice, and I did the opposite. Where I went with it like, how, like Teen Spirit. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like gonna go with Teen Spirit, and maybe it's because like we said, it's Nevermind was like you know the album that that I latched onto first and it's also the nineties anthem really, but it's just like, it's that timeless riff, this simple, perfect song that happened at just the right time. Um, it was on every radio station, even though it didn't cater to mainstream or like the, the indie purists who were like the bleach fans mm-hmm. before. Well, I still had it as my number three, so I didn't yeah, really I mean, like push it down too far. Totally. 
It was fantastic. It literally it changed the world. Yeah, this song. It's the truth, and that's why this is the one where I was like, yeah, it's got to be my number one. Even though if it's on the radio, I'll skip it or you know that kind of thing. But still, that was why I moved it to three. That was totally. the only reason. I, yeah, as I said, even when I talked about it before, when I was talking about mm-hmm. it at number three, I said this is the most iconic. Yeah, Nirvana song. Right. So. That's why. That's why I was gonna say In Bloom almost was my number one because right. of that very reason. Yeah. But yeah. That stuff's so cool, but it, it's so easy to play. A guitar dropout and drum and bass. It happens all the time. I could teach you today to walk out there and play the entire song straight through. <laughs> if you've never, we well, already know the the whole well, intro. Well, well the chords, yeah. But not, but, I can't do it. Do do, but I can do the other parts. Do do. It's like it's first fret. <laughs> go. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to go up here on the no, neck. Oh no, no, it's, no, no. It's oh, like, okay. yeah, it's, it's so number one for Jake is yeah. most like Teen Spirit. Well, we lined up on three of these. Yeah, That's the most we've ever That's done. That's the most we've ever done, yeah. If we put all our our best of songs right now on a playlist, I would listen to that and be like, this is the, the perfect uh, Nirvana album. Well, we'll see. I'll tell you what the top 12 songs are. Yeah, but I want to hear the ones that aren't top 12, just all of our mashups. Oh, yeah. Well, that you can go to the ultimate playlist. I'll do that. On, uh, on Spotify, <laughs> and you can listen to that. Or if you want to just listen to the current one, you can listen to the current playlist. Or you can listen to the individual artist. So if you want to save the Nirvana one forever, that's going to be there forever. Just go for uh, Dirty Dozen Podcast Nirvana, and it'll be there. Uh, so you can enjoy that forever. So how was the beer? That was a good one. I liked it. Again, it's um, these stouts are good winter beers. So since we're kind of going into spring, it's good to uh, get a few of these in us before we go into the Pilsners and the IPAs and the more warmer weather beers. It's crazy, though. Like, the weather this week... All of a sudden, we shifted. We were at yeah, we <laughs> we were we live in L.A. and so we live in I guess it's northwestern L.A. Yeah, northern. Anyway, we uh, are sitting there and it's like oh, it's kind of chilly. We have to wear jackets. We have to wear sweaters. Oh, it's like high of sixty, high of sixty-five, high of sixty-five is for a while. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like this week, it's like high of eighty, high of eighty. After the last two, three weeks, it's Crazy. been like rainy most of the time and pretty yeah, cool. It's, it's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so sure yeah, that's boring everybody who's not from our area. <laughs> this is where uh, people hit stop on the <laughs> Imagine we're in like Mississippi. Like, ah, I can't believe it. I look at a man oh the man in Mississippi, that would be great. Anyway <laughs> here, here here come the accents. Oh no. <laughs> Imagine we are in Italy. <laughs> now do your Delaware. Oh I'm Delaware. Hey buddy. I'm in How are you? Delaware. Yeah, we like Delaware. <laughs> I'm like in Delaware. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a, this whole time frame makes you think of me as a butthead. Just a little tiny bit. All this 90s talk in Nirvana, and look what happens. We start. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It was uh, in, 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 in the book that I was reading. He talks about Kurt listening to MTV and watching Beavis and Butthead. And he's like, oh, I know Beavis and Butthead. They went to my high school. So he's trying to be <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. Everyone but he's like, does. Li- but he's like listening to it. He's like. Oh, and and then they they played the Nirvana song. He's like, oh, and they liked it. So it was like, oh, good. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he got he, approval. He kind, of, he kind of felt like better than any other person. <laughs> like Beavis and Butthead like, it's like cool. You know? It's true. If they oh, watched God. your video and dug it on the show, then you knew it was a good tune. Yeah. So. so let me run through my top twelve, and then Jake will run through his top twelve, mm. and then we'll tell you what the actual top twelve is when we combine everything up. My honorable mention was The Man Who Sold the World off of the MTV Unplugged album. 
My number 12 was All Apologies off of In Utero and MTV. Number 11 was Come As You Are off of Nevermind and MTV Unplugged. And number 10 was Love Buzz off of Bleach. Number 9 was About a Girl off of Bleach and MTV Unplugged. Number 8 was Negative Creep off of Bleach. Number 7 was Dive off of Incesticide. Number 6 was Polly, uh, which is on Nevermind and MTV as well. Number 5 was Lithium off of Nevermind. Number 4 was School off of Bleach. Number 3 was Smells Like Teen Spirit. Nevermind, of course. In Bloom, number two, from Nevermind. And Heart Shaped Box was my number one off of In Utero. Although, did you know they almost called In Utero? I hate myself, I want to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. But but they didn't want to get have the lawsuit associated with it. Yeah, that. it's not a very good title. If somebody did that and committed suicide, they'd be yeah, suing the band. No points of liability. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. go through your uh, from honorable mention <clears throat> all the way up. Or miss a honorable mention, Radio Friendly Unit Shifter. From in utero, and the next four are also from that album. Uh, Penurial T is number twelve. Eleven is dumb. Ten's all apologies, and nine is heart shaped box. Then we have negative creep for number eight off of Bleach. Number seven, you know you're right off of the uh, just the Nirvana greatest hits album. Uh, number six about a girl from Bleach, and then the top five from Nevermind. In this order, five, Lithium, four, Something in the Way, three, Come As You Are, two, In Bloom, and number one, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Okay, there we go. And now, let's hear your, your computer noises. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, here's the official Dirty Dozen for Nirvana. Okay, we're going to start with number 12. Number 12 song, official Dirty Dozen ranking is All Apologies. Number 11 is Know You're Right. You Know You're Right. Number 10 is Polly. Number 9 is Something in the Way. Number 8 is School. Number 7 is Negative Creep. Number 6 is About a Girl. Number 5 is Come As You Are. Number 4 is Lithium. Number 3 is Heart Shaped Box. Number 2 is In Bloom. And number 1, drum roll. You can tell us the guitarist doing that, not the drummer. Uh, <laughs> smells like Teen Spirit. Shocker. Nice. So there we go. That could be a uh, best of. You sold at Best Buy right there. There you go. It's, it, it would sell Press a lot. Press that to CD and you and get it. all you do is have to go all the way over to Spotify and uh, search yeah, Dirty Dozen Podcast, Nirvana, and poof, magically you have access to it. And you can listen to it forever <laughs> and listen to the top 12 songs ever made, ever made. Stamped with our approval by Nirvana. Yeah. So next week we're going to be doing a little jump back about four years or five years from Nirvana when they hit uh, to Guns and Roses. Right? We're doing GNR. Yeah. If you want to do that, that's cool. I thought about keeping in the grunge mode, but I was like, ah, oh, let's just kind of give something else. Yeah. And it'll be fun. I think we're going to do in a couple more episodes. I think we're going to do something. We're going to try to grab something modern, like after 2010. So start thinking about that. All right. It has to be songs. How about made people after uh, maybe give us suggestions to? Yeah, oh, that'd be good. Let us know what band you're missing. We're missing, and uh, that'd be great. Uh, we're going to be doing Guns N' Roses next week, and we're we're just going to be doing you know the last couple albums. <laughs> yeah, the important ones. It has to be off Chinese democracy. Chinese democracy is the only thing we could cover. Uh, anyway, let us know what you think the best Guns N' Roses song is too. Uh, think about what mm. beverage we need to have. What would be a good shot to bring in the essence of Guns N' Roses? Today, oh, yeah, good call. Today we did uh, Nirvana. We did some liquid heroin. 
Let's do something with like rose water. Yeah, we'll do something. What has and some... gun metal? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. So, so <laughs> think of what we can do. Give us some ideas. That would be great. Uh, and once again, thank you for spending time with us. We so appreciate it. And uh, follow us on Facebook. We're going to see the videos. Try to put the videos out every week or so on YouTube. And also, we're going to start doing polls every two weeks. So we're doing a poll currently with, what's your favorite band, Nirvana or Pole Jam? Which is so difficult to do. Yeah, it is. I mean, what era of Pearl Jam and all this stuff. But vote anyway. Yeah, vote. Okay. Be well and I'll see you soon. Cheers.